Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I'm super excited to have on the podcast my very special guest, Ferran Lewis. He is the founder of the Michigan Short-Term Rental Association called Sharing Detroit. And he also is the founder of um, Capital Rental Management, property management company, 18 Properties, Detroit and Chicago. So Farron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be on. Happy to be on. Yeah, I'm super excited to speak to you because uh, today we're going to talk about efficacy, right? And this is a really important topic um, because uh, especially in 2021, there may be lots of cities uh, that are going to try and ban short-term rentals, ban Airbnb. And that's uh, something that we want to prevent as hosts. And Farron was actually very, very successful at preventing a short-term rental ban in his city of uh, Detroit. So we're going to learn all about that. Farron, let's, uh, let's take it away. Tell us your story. Where to start? So um, I just want to let everybody know I, I started off as a you know, short-term rental host and I started with one property, started renting a space out in the place that I stayed in. And I realized that this was actually uh, uh, something that I was really good at and something that I wanted to pursue as a business. Um, I tried other businesses. Like I've, I've been through all the ups and downs of an entrepreneur. And this was the one that uh, I realized, oh, this is what I should be doing. So I started that. And one of the main things that I did, Jasper, it, I have to say again, it's a pleasure to be on because I looked at one of your websites, Get Paid for Your Pad, first to really see if this was something that was going to work for me as a full-time business. And, you know, one of the biggest things that people did say, uh, even back then, this was uh, around uh, 2016, this, it, was to, it was to check the regulations and see if this is a place where you can, you know, legally operate a short-term rental business. And I did that. Detroit was fortunately, you know, very open. There was no existing regulation. And actually, the mayor of Detroit was in an Airbnb commercial talking about how they, you know, love the sharing economy and everything. So I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. This is 2016. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to prepare and then I'm going to start scaling the business uh, as soon as I just, you know, prepare and, and get everything lined up. So I started to do that in the beginning of 2018. And really, you know, I'd done a lot of preparation. I had looked at sites like Get Paid for Your Pad and, and things were going well. I was able to expand from one. I had gotten to around eight properties by 2019. And by 2019, it was, uh, and it, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was um, in July. And this is like the biggest part of the high season where we've invested a lot. We're like, okay, time to really start, you know, making good money from these properties that are, that, that we've spent a lot of money and time investing in. Right. And then on the 1st of July, there's a, an ad, a, a, a news article that says that Detroit City Council is planning on an, an, a, a very strict ordinance that, that will look to be voted on in two weeks. And I'm like, wait, wait, what is going on? Like, I just like, like my whole business life flashed before my eyes. I'm like, I did all of this stuff and they're going to ban short-term rentals in like before the month's even over. And it's like, what is going on right now? So, and I wanted to say that because I know a lot of people did the due diligence and they're in a place where they think that they're totally safe. They don't have to worry about regulation. The government's on their side. And I just want you to know, nobody, I don't want to say it like nobody is safe, but you just cannot be secure and feel that, that, that you're okay. Because especially now, 
the sentiment on short-term rentals could change any minute. All it takes is the people that make the decisions to hear enough complaints about a party house or just something that you know doesn't represent the industry as a whole, but they're hearing it, they don't understand the industry like we do, and then they can automatically want to decide to make um, ordinances, and it happens very fast. So that is literally what happened to me. Um, I went from you know having a successful business to almost losing my business, and you know just a matter of seeing one publication. So at that point, you know I had no experience in terms of advocacy. I had, I had never thought about being a politician, and I never thought about really talking to any politicians. So I was just like, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to save my business? And how am I going to just set this right? Because this, I know this is not an issue like they're trying to say that it is in the city. It's actually very good. So I don't want to get too far ahead in the things you asked where I started. And that's basically how I started and where, you know, the roadblock, you know, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. When you start an Airbnb business, you don't just want to look at what are the current rules, what are current regulations. You want to think ahead and think, okay, well, is it likely that it's going to change, right? And if you're operating in a, uh, in a beach resort where, you know, 90% of the people that are there are tourists, mm-hmm. probably not, you're probably not going to be facing uh, very, you know, strict regulations, right? Because the whole community awesome. lives off the awesome. tourists, right? That, that, that's true, but even that, I wouldn't, put it, I wouldn't put it past the powers that be. It's, it's complicated, let's put it like that. But you're right, yeah. it's very enticing. It's like, why wouldn't they want this to happen right exactly so you know but but i like what you're saying you know even though even though it's likely that there's not going to be any any regulations in the future there's no guarantee and so the first step of this this process is like you know creating a plan for if if it does happen right because i I can imagine for you it must have been really stressful you know you've got your business you worked on it three years you probably pour your heart and soul into it and then suddenly you're reading this announcement and you're like oh what now so i love i love that you mentioned that because i think that's uh that's really important for for everybody out there um take a moment and and just think you know what what would i do if tomorrow there's an announcement that they they're going to vote on this ordinance to to ban short-term rentals like what's my plan like how do we get people together where do we start how do we get in contact with politicians etc and uh, i would love for you to share some of your advice on that as well later on but let's continue with this story because this is a this is an amazing story so i want to really give you the time to laid out completely so what what happened next you 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 found out there's these regulations coming what was your plan of action? So my plan of action, uh, but, but before the, what is it? I think they, I forget what it's called, but there's this whole thing when like, I guess tragedy happens or something bad happens and you have like what, the, the stage of denial, then the stage of like uh, panic and then the stage of acceptance, like all of this, like I went through all of those stages first because literally, you know, you're already worried or you're already focused on, you know, the regular constraints and the regular things you have to worry about with running a business, you know, making sure you don't run out of cash, um, you know, making sure you're managing things correctly, uh, all the things that come into play with running a business. So you're already thinking about that and you're like, oh, you know, I've, I've done really well with these, it seems, you know, so far so good. Um, and then again, as everybody I'm sure has experienced, our business has ups and downs and stuff too, seasonality. So, you know, there's things that I had just finished dealing with, like making sure that, you know, my finances were good and it's like okay I learned to not invest too much during the winter because you know the winter is gonna you know I need to hold on to cash all of that stuff um and I'm you know I'm succeeding in all of this and then this one thing that you think you checked off day one is like oh does Detroit support Airbnbs yes check day one unchecked and that's like the biggest one that can unwind everything so I went through a stage of just like what is going on and I went through all those other stages I mentioned and then when I got to the acceptance stage, I was just like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Nothing else matters more than making sure this ban does not pass. I mean, nothing else matters, you know? So I basically 100% turned my focus into how do I get in touch with the right people? Like, first of all, who is the person that is spearheading this campaign to ban Airbnbs? That's the first thing. So who is your, and, I, and again, I'll say this, I want to really stress this. 
you know, I'm talking about how there's this threat to my business from, you know, the Detroit city government. And I don't want it to be misconstrued like they're the bad guys. And I think that's the number one thing you want to think about when you're dealing with advocacy is you're not, you know, it's not the bad guys versus the good guys. It's trying to inform the powers that be. And like, so at this point, like I have many of the city council members, uh, you know, contact information, like I can contact them freely. We, we, we have very strong contact. If I saw them as enemies, I would not be where I'm at today. They, they, that would probably have made it worse and it probably would have passed as a ban. Basically, you know, you have to figure out who is the person that's proposing this restriction and then you have to figure out, okay, what, like, I'm like, how do I even, like, how does this work? How does the politics system work in terms of getting something changed? So I had to figure all of that out. So what I did was first just researched who the person was that was spearheading the campaign to ban Airbnbs. And then I started talking to fellow hosts. So I, I realized like, I have to make sure I'm involved. There were Facebook groups that I was in nationally but I wasn't really involved in the local Facebook groups so much at the time. So I immediately just started like trying to find other people. There were other clients that I had, uh, that I knew that I was just constantly like, Hey, did you know about this bill? Like what's going on? What, 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 why are they doing this? So I tried to get background that way. So that was the first thing that I did was just to just talk to as many people in that area as possible. Now that was something that had a, that was a learning experience too. First off, I found out that a lot of people, they knew just as much as I did. There were rumors, there were, oh, it's, it's a big hotel industry thing, or, oh, it's one person who lives in the neighborhood that's on the city council, and there was a party house in the neighborhood, so they're just mad, and they're just trying to get them out of their neighborhood. Like It's just all of this stuff, and you don't really know what the reasoning behind it is. Like It was a good start, but it was not enough. I was just getting a lot of noise, if that makes any sense. So I was like, okay, there's nobody really leading the charge here. There's nobody that I can go to that has the answers. So it's like, well, look, it's either, I'm either gonna wait for somebody else or I'm gonna have to do this myself. And I decided to do it myself. So then what I did was I just tried to contact as many hosts as I could to have a meeting. And at first I did it on Airbnb. After a while, you find out that Airbnb doesn't like it when you just contact hosts randomly uh, and you're not talking about uh, booking their place. So I could only do that for so long, but the people that I did talk to were definitely concerned, you know, because nobody had organized on fighting this. So I just talked to as many people as possible and I was like, yeah, hey, all right, we're gonna meet at this restaurant. We gotta just get something together. We're gonna talk and, and you know, I found out that city council has meetings on these days every week. So we need to come together and go to the city council meeting and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll show them what's up. And I'm, people are super into it. I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna meet here. And we're, we're, we're gonna make it guys, we're gonna make it. When it gets to that time, I think only two people showed up to that meeting. So I, that's another thing, I, I'm saying this, like I'm just, I'm talking about my experience because I feel like all of this is something that if you are trying to do this, it's very good for you to know as well. It's not just going to happen overnight. You're going to have to really talk to people, keep engaging, and it, it, it takes a little bit of time and work, but it's worth it when you actually get people together. So the first meeting I did, I think there were two people. Um, we had some interesting conversations, but uh, it was not super successful. Then I found out about this Facebook group. They basically were going to meet at somebody's house and uh, they had gotten a good amount of people to go because it was kind of like people that kind of knew each other. Already. Um, so I ended up going to that and I went to that meeting and that was much better in terms of the turnout. And then the thing is, this is another thing that I think is important because I know that especially uh, with short terminal legends, I know, you know, you were uh, the mastermind group and everything. It's, uh, for a lot of people that are at scale, correct? That's right. And I'm someone who's at scale. You know, I realized when I got to this next meeting that most of the people there were not at the same level that I was at. They were individuals that had maybe one home. They might have, you know, they might have uh, done rental arbitrage with two spaces. It was more of a part-time thing. 
they were not, you know, as advanced for lack of a better term as, as, as I was. And there, and there wasn't as much to lose either. They didn't have, you know, they, they had jobs that they had to, you know, still go to as well. They couldn't devote the time to, to make an organization and have that advocacy. So when I get to this meeting, you know, I'm like, oh man, again, I'm thinking, oh, okay. They already set this up. Maybe somebody over there will be able to make this happen. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to show my support. I get there. As soon as I open my mouth and start talking about the stuff that I researched, it's like, oh, you know, I had researched about, you know, how like the actual stats of the short-term rental industry and if they really affect the different issues that a lot of cities have, such as affordable housing. That's a big one. Um, like raising property values, like party houses. And if it like actually messes with, the neighborhood community. And I had gotten like data on like, oh, this isn't, you know, in some places it is an issue, but in Detroit, in many, most places, it's not an issue. Again, I come there and I start talking. And then as soon as I start talking, I, I realize less people are talking and just more people are listening to me. And I'm like, okay. So I'm the guy that's like making all the, the, the information, just saying all the information right now. So I then realized again, it looked like I was the person that really, I should be doing this. It, it matters because it matters the most to me. I have the most skin in the game. Um, I think at, at that time I probably was, if not the, had the, the most scale, uh, I was probably one of the biggest operators in Detroit. So uh, besides like a, a Sonder or somebody that, you know, is, is uh, like a, a private. So I was the biggest private out there. So I realized I, again, I needed to do this myself. I needed to really just take the lead on this. So um, again, having no experience, I just continued with uh, the plan. I started writing up a document to give to city council members at the meeting about how like this is you know, not an issue and that we'd love to you know, have a conversation with you. And uh, then there were other people there that they just kind of chimed in like, oh, I can do this. I'm good at making a website. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm a realtor and I can, you know, call a lot of people and we can get, you know, I can find people to give us donations. So like the team started coming together just out of this necessity to get this stuff done. And so I was leading it. I was bringing up the ideas, but then I found the people that really wanted to team up with me and help out. So uh, that's another thing that I think is really crucial is you'll find those other people because you really can't do it alone. You can't try and do all of it alone. And you want to find those other people that can do stuff that you aren't so good at to help you get more stuff done. And that stuff will usually happen almost on its own. Like you, you want to say it, like, hey, I need help with this. But like if you're engaging with a group, somebody will pitch in and be like, oh, I can, I can do this. Let me help you with that. So I think that's the best way to get your team. So that was the early stages of that um, forming, my, of the team forming. And so we go to the city council meeting and this is my first city council meeting. I didn't understand how any of this stuff worked. And I just had to kind of learn. I learned that people, the way that, the way most city council meetings work is, you know, city council has their agenda of the topics they want to cover and it's actually made public. So I found out that, you know, I found out about the ordinance that was going to be, they were going to plan to vote on it in two weeks. But they had been going over this ordinance for many more weeks before that. It's just that people don't check that stuff. Do you see what I mean? So if you're not checking on stuff that's happening in your city, because this stuff is public knowledge, you won't even know. So there, if we had known prior, we had kind of really tried to make a relationship with city council, just be involved a little bit. We would have heard about this well before this was getting to be this severe. So that's another thing that I found out. And it's, it's like getting involved early is better than getting involved when they're already trying to decide something because it, we really risk losing everything by doing that. And if we had gotten involved early, it might not have even gotten to that point where they even were gonna vote on anything. They would have even tried to propose that because they would have known what uh, was at stake. They would have known what their um, citizens wanted. So that was something that I found out. And then I found out that people usually get, the public gets a time period to speak on certain issues during city council meetings. So you have like, usually it's like a certain amount of time and every individual has like between a minute to three minutes to speak. And that's how they kind of gauge how their uh, rules are affecting people or the proposed rules will affect people. So if a lot of people, for a short-term rental um, issue come to that meeting and they're trying to, you know, they're saying this is not good and this is why, 
that's one way to really help them understand what they're doing and not pass something that is going to hurt a lot of people. So again, I'm learning all this stuff as, as I go. And uh, I talked to the main person who was trying to get this bill uh, passed and I give her my information. Uh, and, and this is another thing. This is nothing against that person. Uh, I think I just want everybody to know that politicians and people in, in, in that space, they're very cordial. They're very amicable. They're, they're going to want to talk to the, to the citizens and stuff, right? But that doesn't mean that your voice has necessarily been heard just yet. Like you need to, it needs to be a, a larger representation. It can't just be you and some other people. So, you know, I'm talking to this person and I'm like, hey, you know, I understand regulations are good and we want regulations, but, you know, regulations like this will absolutely ban short-term rentals in the entire industry. And that's not good. You know, here's my information. If you want to talk, that's great. And she said, it sounded like she really understood me, right? That changed absolutely nothing. It was, there was no ordinance change. She was still, you know, just as gung-ho about things. And, and that's okay, you know? It, it's about raising that awareness and showing that a lot of people that, you know, they're trying to protect are going to be hurt by these rules. So that was the beginning. And that was kind of just me learning the ropes. And I, I like that was not where I made a whole lot of change. It was more so me learning and kind of just getting some hard knocks, trying and failing and just figuring it out. So with that, like that is probably how if you don't have any guidance on it, that's what's going to happen to you. So I just want people to know that, you know, it's a rocky start, but if you keep going, it's absolutely worth it. Um, and so I can stop there and see if you have any questions on that before I move to the next phase. But yeah, that was like the humble beginnings of just trying to figure out this ordinance. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online Hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional, your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y dot com code pad which is p-a-d i think you're telling the story really well so i would almost say like just keep going but one okay one sounds good I, I wanted to open it up for any questions all right sounds good so that was that part and uh and you know I'll, I'll tell you one more story because and this is super embarrassing for me but again i think it'll help a lot of people so this city council member who wanted to pass this ban so every, usually every politician, they have like a, like a, some sort of event and they have many of these throughout the year where the public can come and they talk about the issues that are affecting them. And they'll, it's, they usually call it like a round table. Uh, this one was called like a coffee and conversation, but it's very casual. It's not like a, something that's like a public or a, a city official meeting. It's just like a real casual meeting. It'll be at a restaurant, a coffee shop, and the public can come. So I end up going to this and I'm thinking again, like, oh, if I just, you know, let this person know, you know, what's at stake here, she'll understand what's going on. And, and she, you know, it'll be all good. I get to this uh, meeting and first off, oh, this, this was so funny. I had a photographer there because again, I thought this was a public meeting and it was supposed to be to put on the website so people know what's going on. It was just, you know, to raise awareness. And I have this photographer here and it's supposed to be, I, I heard that, oh, you can have this in a public um, meeting with a city official. That's totally okay. They're all recorded anyways. They record all of their official meetings. So you can do this. So I have this person there and I get up to speak. And, and, and again, me and the politician, like we're, we have like a nice little conversation. I'm thinking everything's totally cool. But this is before, you know, everybody is in the crowd and people are, and she's like, you know, talking in public with people. 
So then I speak and then I kind of just start going into, hey, I know, you know, I just want to say I want to thank this council member for everything she's done for the city. You know, I really appreciate it and I appreciate you taking the time to speak. You know, very cordial, right? And then I go, I know that there's some misconceptions that have been, um, you know, that are out here with the short-term rental industry. And I'm about to go into my amicable speech about how we can kumbaya all get along and we can have great regular. She stops me right there, stops me dead in my tracks. She's like, oh, wait, hold on one second. No, there's no misconceptions. And then she starts going into her like reasoning behind wanting to get rid of uh, short-term rentals and basically preaching to the crowd and the crowd is loving it. They're, you know, because again, this is just the general public. It's not individuals that know about the short-term rental industry at all. So, you know, when this city council member is saying stuff like, it's affordable housing, it's affecting affordable housing, it's raising rent rates, it's, there's, there's a bunch of party houses going on that's disturbing people. And, you know, and I want to protect, you know, the regular Detroiters, you know, the little people and every, I, I want to protect everybody. And, and, you know, that's getting a lot of great play. And I'm just sitting there looking like, I'm looking like the, I don't know, like I'm, I'm in a suit. I'm looking like the, just the, the, the businessman that just wants to, you know, like just totally opposite of what I was trying to do. Right. And, uh, and then there was a, a photographer that I had and I thought this was totally okay. And she's like, wait, who's photographer is that? And I was like, oh, 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 sorry. That's, that's, that's fine. It, it, it's just like, oh, oh, so now you're going to, this, this is not a place for photography. You can't have photography here. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So I asked him to leave. Like everything's cool, I guess at that point, but I just look like a total, uh, lack of better term, just like a total fool. I'm just like, oh man, I just, I like, it was, if that was a game, I lost that part of the game, you know, like that, that quarter was over and I need to go to the next quarter. So, um, again, me not understanding how this stuff worked, it all was for the better, but it like, those are the things that can happen if you just don't, if you're just jumping into it blind and you're just trying to figure this stuff out. So that was just another little story about how I was learning the ropes again. And then I apologized to the city council member about the photography and everything. Things were good. Um, and that actually led to good stuff too, though, because there was another, there were other city council members there and I got information from them. So like, even with that being an embarrassing moment, I was able to get the word out and I did reach the ear of some people that make decisions. So like, I guess I would just say, you know, if you're, if you ever get into a weird situation like that, don't be deterred, just be there and make your voice heard. People are not all going to agree with you. They're not going to like what you're saying. And it's not anything bad on them. It's not anything bad on you. It's just, that's just what it is. Do you see what I mean? I mean, if somebody thinks that this is affecting the city or they have their agenda, it's just, there's no way that they're just going to automatically like what you're doing. Even if you all can actually meet in the middle and get somewhere. So don't be deterred if people, you know, if you make quote unquote an enemy, but again, they're not an enemy. Like it, it, it's a totally different situation now, but just don't be deterred by any negativity. So that was like the end of like the, the, the hard knock stage. Let's put it like that. That was the early hard knock stage. I had to learn the ropes. Then after that, things got a lot better. I got a lot more um, information. I got, I learned about how this process works. Um, in policy. And the next phase that we uh, moved into was really setting up meetings, reaching out to Airbnb to also get aid in that sense. And I'll go into that too, because there's a special relationship that you have to have. It's not a one-to-one relationship, but there was that. And then just kind of cultivating the organization side of things. So just really getting as many people to know about what's happening and joining the cause as possible. So this is the next phase. So what I ended up doing was we got in touch with um, people that are over policy stuff at Airbnb. And this is why it's so important to do what I did. And it is because Airbnb can't fight your battles. Airbnb is, you know, you're the, the homeowner, you're the property manager, you're the actual business owner in your business. And Airbnb is just a provider. They're just a platform. So for one, it's technically two different things. Um, if somebody's trying to ban the Airbnb platform, that still means you can operate a short-term rental, but you can't do it on Airbnb, which is still not great, but it's just two different things. So it, it really, you have to treat it that way. And that's actually a good thing. The second reason is because Airbnb won't do this and you don't want Airbnb to do this. You don't want them to 
fund or directly take over your city's advocacy because then it changes the narrative. Then it turns into Airbnb is this big you know, company that's coming into this neighborhood and trying to impose their will in the neighborhood. That's never good. And, that, and that's, 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 that's never, it doesn't look good. And that's really not what you want. You want to keep your business. You know? I don't you know, have Airbnb to thank for my success, for my business or anything like that. They are a partner, they're a provider, but it's two separate things. And that's a good thing. You want to keep it grassroots. And that's what most, is most effective. You want to really keep it community oriented and based on the people in your community. So I reached out with Airbnb and the great thing about Airbnb is that they help provide just like a framework. They will help provide credibility to others in the community to rally to your cause. They know that, hey, Airbnb is working with you or they might show up to a meeting. They're not paying for anything. They're not you know, directly supporting you. You're on your own, but they are you know, a presence. So that helps you build your organization and helps get more people around you. So that was a key thing that we did. We started reaching out to Airbnb and they saw how committed we were and they knew just as well as us that nobody else was doing anything to stop this. So they were like, okay, let's have weekly meetings. Again, we can't support you directly, but we'll do what we can to just, you know, have our presence there for meetings so you can just help get more people. Um, and we'll just keep you um, in the know about what's going on in policy side of stuff. So we hear something about city council, we'll tell them. Very, very important. You, you, you want to like have all of your connections to the politics side of things. So you want to keep your ear to the grapevine. So that was very useful there. And then what we started doing was we created our own Facebook page. So we were, at first had talked to this you know group that was a totally separate group that was just a local short-term rental host group. But you want to make your own presence. So we you know had made our own website. We made our own Facebook page. And what we started doing was running ads to let people know that this was happening. And uh, I have to thank one of my good buddies, Drew Cerullo. He's a marketing expert, he has his own marketing company. And he helped take this on with us where he was great at direct response emails. And those are like the, the emails that you get that like entice you to click on them. And, and then they you know, have a long, they might have a, a long form message and then you end up buying some products or something. But uh, that's what he's like uh, an expert at. So he helped us out with sending out emails. And actually, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. What we first did was we did the Facebook ads, which are very cheap. You can do this for like $25 a day. This is, and it's actually very easy. Facebook ad, we used a stock photo, and we just basically said, you know, hey, Airbnbs will be banned if you don't act now, or something like that. Like we just did that. And then we asked people to just give us your email so we can be updated. And that was one of the big fuels to the organization because we had like the original, the local Facebook group, they were on board, but we started getting just a lot more traction by putting out these ads to people that are not even in any Facebook group. Because a lot of the hosts, they're not connected at all. They're in their own bubble. So you have to find a way to get out to them, but it's actually very easy and it is not expensive. $25 a day, you could run an ad for like a week and you can get a lot of um, people. So our ad actually ended up going semi-viral. We in this, so in the city of Detroit, you know, like an ad that's just going out in the city of Detroit should not get like maybe if it's popular, it'll get like a hundred likes and some comments. We ended up getting nearly a thousand likes, comments. It ended up getting spread to it was like many, many thousands of people, and we had a whole flame war going on in our ads. Like there were people arguing about the issues. In our ads, there were like a hundred plus comments, like, oh, this is horrible for the No, this is actually great for the Detroit. And you think, oh man, wait, this is actually kind of bad. There is a huge flame war going on. It's like, no, this is good. Like any publicity is great publicity. And this means that people care. You see, this means that people, this matters to people. So that was really, really good to just get more people that we would have never been able to get um, outside of the Facebook group. So Basically, we, we did this and we started setting up meetings. So we were doing this part of just growing the organization. And again, this is in about 30 days span. This is not a long period of time because again, they were voting on this in two weeks. And luckily when we had at first come up there, they ended up postponing it. So that was a good thing. But we did not have a lot of time. This was going to be done in like between 30 days to 45 days. So we did all of this stuff in about 30 days and we started setting up meetings. And we set up these meetings and we then started, we used a GoFundMe to ask people to donate. And 
That was one of the key things. So all of that just allowed us to have what was most important, which is a group of individuals to like activate if something was, was, was happening. So we ended up getting our, our organization grew from zero to about a thousand members in the span of like 30 days. And what this meant is when they were proposing another hearing, we could email all a thousand of these people like, hey, you need to come up to this, you know, this hearing right now. And like, even if 10% of those people come, 100 people coming into that Detroit City Council room, which is what happened, was it's huge. Like the, the press came, like it was a big deal. And when that stuff started happening, city council started listening more. Do you see what I'm saying there? Like that's really the key turning point and why I say that really everybody who is really uh, has a lot of skin in the game should look to start an organization if they don't have one or at least get involved. That's like a key to just not only protecting yourself from ordinances, but you also become, you have a sphere of influence. You're able to, you're, you're that much more committed. And if you're running a management company and you're dealing with clients, they're going to come to you and trust you more because they know that, oh, you run this organization. You're really here for the long haul, you know? So, um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So that is the part where we really got good at this, where we really were just started doing things the right way. The next thing that I would say is, you know, while we did get all of these people and the people were able to come to the city council meetings, we still needed to really make relationships with city council. And this can be a little different depending on where you're at, but it's not hard to figure out because, but just know that there's a way to engage these politicians the right way. It's not like you just can run up to them on the street or just come to a meeting. You want to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them and there's a process for that. So for us in our city, what, you know, we, you know, there were people that knew city council members and we were able to kind of get one-on-ones. Like it was, it was like, well, not even really, it was more so we were able to talk to them one-on-one -on -one at the meetings and they kind of got to know us a little bit, but it wasn't the same. What we realized we needed to do was to have like to, to be as professional as possible and have somebody who is like their job is to get you in the room with those people. And so they're usually called consultants. Some people say, you know, the L word lobbyist and all that stuff. It basically don't think about any of that in that fashion. These are just individuals that have relationships with city council and their job is to formally get somebody in the room with that city council person. This is somebody that if there's like a, a, a something that the community wants, people can come together and talk to this person to get them to get them in the room. It's not something where it's like some big company is paying some person a bunch of money and then it's not like that. And this is something that every city should have in some form or fashion. So what we needed to do next was to do this the right way. We had to come to these um, city council members the right way. So we spoke to a consultant and you know we, they came to our meetings. They saw that, again, Airbnb was there. They saw that we were there. Where they normally, you know, again, everybody has to make a living. They can't just do this stuff for free. Where they normally would have charged a different rate for another organization, they did see that we were committed. They saw all the people that, you know, um, were around. They saw the Airbnb was there. Like, this all helped. And they gave us, like, a really good deal. I think we got, like, 50% off um, because, you know, we didn't have you know, a lot of money to spend on this. We were just trying to raise as much as possible. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, we definitely had to come out of pocket to make this happen. Fundraising. I don't know, like maybe I'm not the best at it, but fundraising is a whole other game and you can't expect for everybody else to just pay for, you know, what you need to do, but it definitely helped. So we ended up, you know, achieving that. We were able to hire uh, these consultants that really felt our cause. They came and they're like, oh, we, we agree with this. This is really good. So then they helped us get in the room formally, you know, the way we're supposed to with the city council members. And then we ended up having these one-on-one -on -one meetings, and this is one of the biggest things. So, and I know I've said a lot of things are the biggest things. There's biggest things in every state, but this is one of the biggest things when you're speaking to city council or anybody that has the power to make these changes. I would say it like this, you are probably, if you are doing this and you are this business owner that's operating at scale, you are probably not the person that they care about. And that's not a bad thing. Like you are not the one that they're fighting for. They're fighting for the regular citizen, the homeowner that is, you know, needs to keep that needs to keep paying their mortgage, is paying their taxes to the city and all that stuff. 
They're fighting for the, the renter that needs affordable housing. They're, they, you know, they're fighting for those issues. So, and, and then in a lot of cases, they're fighting for marginalized communities, um, women, uh, minorities, uh, people of color. Like it, this is something that's a big deal in the US and is a big deal in Detroit. And it's like, you need to know what these individuals care about. And it needs to be something where you're advocating for that. Because again, that's why they're not enemies by any means. They're friends. They are like, we, we pose it to them as this is something that is helping the people that you're fighting for win. And so you don't want to ban this. And you know, the stuff that they're saying is bad is really not that bad. But more importantly, these are, you know, this is something that's, that's on your side. You know, this is helping your cause. So that's what we did. I did not go in there with the consultant like, oh, you know, I have this company and yeah, you know, we, we were trying to get to 20 properties, you know, by the end of the year. And now like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, like oh, come on, I'm running a business. No, they did not care about that. We had this community. We, you know, knew the people in our, in our community that we built and we knew how many people were like, just to give you an example, one person that was really helpful, uh, she and her husband, they had bought a house in Detroit and they, you know, they, they rehabbed it and they put it on Airbnb. They, they, it's a two unit and they were staying in one unit and they're renting out the second unit. And this was like their way of financial freedom. They were going to use this as the way to build more houses. In Detroit, we have a housing problem in terms of, we have a lot of vacant houses that need to be rebuilt. There's a lot of houses that are in the neighborhoods that are vacant that you know could house people. But it, the problem is getting people to invest and actually rehab those homes. They were using Airbnb to fund their business that you know they had long-term tenants and short-term tenants. This was helping them rehab homes to rent out to long-term tenants. And this was also helping them raise their family. They had, they were newlyweds. They, they, they had just gotten pregnant. They were going to be, uh, their baby was going to be doing like the next month. And Airbnb was how they were really making their income. And at that point, it's like, okay, what's going to happen if you ban this? And then now my family is going to not be doing so well. I'm not going to be able to, you know, keep doing this real estate business and help, you know, bring more houses back to Detroit. Like what's going to happen here? And, and they're also an African-American couple. And, you know, that 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 was another issue that you know that that African Americans were being marginalized and people of color were being marginalized and it's like well this is going to marginalize me you know this is not going to help me so you know this was a story that was common there were so many women that were hosts that you know city council just didn't know about you know when people think about Airbnb I think a lot of people that don't know they just think about some super rich and, 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 and no offense to anybody but just some super like maybe well-to-do white tech guy that you know doesn't care about the city you know what i mean like and and, 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 the, and the, hey you know everybody should be able to participate right but what a lot of these people don't know is that you know the people that are actually operating these businesses not airbnb but the people that are operating these businesses are people that might not have had other opportunities elsewhere so this is like an entrepreneurial financial benefit to these individuals and you know you don't want to cut that off it's not like a bunch of rich people just making a bunch of money that's not what it is at all so we had you know we brought those individuals in the room with city council to tell their stories so i talk i'm talking a lot right now i talked barely at all when i was in the room with them because that's it wasn't my fight it's i'm just the person that made the organization you know so it was just my job to bring the community in directly to city council so they could tell their story. So once they heard that, and I tell you, so this is the thing, we're getting towards the tail end of, of this whole period. And even when, when we did this, one of the, the main individual that was fighting for this ban that I mentioned before, we had gotten in the room with, with that individual. And even then, you know, again, I go back to, you're not gonna please everybody. And, and that's the thing, it's nothing against that person at all. Like I respect them just as much now as I did before because it's it's all about like everybody has what they're fighting for and has their lack of a better term agenda and not in a bad way but they just you know everybody has a certain side that they're that they're going for and you can't expect everybody to agree with you even if you're bringing in a very good case so we did all of that with you know we got into the room with all of these other city council members but the main person that was really fighting for this bill we got in the room it seemed like it was maybe we had 
kind of swayed uh, her thinking on this a little bit. That wasn't actually the case. And we actually found that no, she was no, she's doubling down. She's going gung ho on this. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh my god, we did all of this work. We've raised all this money. We've you know we've gotten we pulled out all the stops. Airbnb is doing their thing. We're doing our thing. Like city council knows about us. What is going to happen? Oh my gosh. I, and I was actually supposed to be going out of town at that time. So I was actually going out of town. I was in, going to be in Greece. And I know it sounds crazy. Like, oh, you're about to lose your business because you're going to go out of town to Greece. I was like, look, I'm going to Greece now. Cause like, first of all, I had planned this, this trip with my mom. I'm going to go and you know, I, I got, I've been, I've just, I've been working this whole time. I've been stressed out. I need to take a break, but it's like, there's nothing more I can do. They're going to be kind of voting on it. So they're going to be doing their thing. I just need to figure out what's up and I might need to move to Greece. Because I know Greece has good short-term rental regulations. I, I might need to move my business over there. So I'm, I'm doing two things. I'm doing the business and the pleasure. I'm like, I might need to pack up, figure out how to ship all the furniture over to Greece. Let's see if that's economical. I don't know. So, yeah, <laughs> I was literally like that. So I'm just like, for a week, I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I will never forget the call that I got when I got back into town. So I got back into town when they started voting on this stuff. I got the call and uh, this is this is my buddy uh, who, again, the, the team that I built, this is one of the individuals that stuck with me from the whole experience. I did most of everything, but this person helped out a lot with the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, could, couldn't thank him enough. And he calls me and he's like, man, dude, they pulled the whole ordinance. Man, everybody showed up, everybody gave their piece. And then the city council people that we talked to, you know, one of the people work, they actually, they, they want to work with us now to make a new ordinance. They, they're totally, they're for Airbnb. They're not just neutral. They're for it. And they're fighting against, you know, what, what they were trying to do. Nobody wanted to vote on it. There maybe was only two people out of like uh, seven people that even wanted to vote. And like, it was, it was a rounding success, like a rousing success. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay. I, I, I kind of couldn't believe it because literally before then there was zero, zero indication that they were going to be on our side or not. Um, and that's how these things usually go. The city council members and, and, the, and the people, they're not going to tell you like, oh, okay, I'm totally for it. I'm going to vote your way or whatever. No, they're like, hey, thanks for letting me know what you're thinking. You know, we'll be in touch, blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's it because they, you know, it, it all depends. They have to make their decision. You know, they don't really, they don't owe you anything. You know, they just hear, hear what you're saying. So but when that meeting came, we realized how much of an impact we had. So it went from literally us about to lose our business and Airbnbs generally being banned in Detroit to now us being at the table of city council. Like I, again, I text these people like I, I you know, uh, I'm going to be sending out Christmas cards soon, you know, and I get to work with them and Airbnb to make ordinances and rules for Detroit and it actually spanned out to all of Michigan as well. So people in um, the outside cities, they come to us for help with their policy stuff. So that's where we formed the Michigan Short-Term Rental Association and not just serve Detroit. But uh, I'm telling you, it was like butterflies. I, I just couldn't believe it for a second. I was like, holy crap. So that is my story in terms of like getting the band pulled and there's a lot of great things that came after that. But, but how about this? I'll stop here just to give you like that point. We can discuss if you have any questions on the ban or anything like that. And I just want to say a couple of things. I want to say number one, congratulations on, on this result. I think thank that's incredible. Uh, number two, thank you on behalf of the Airbnb community to, to take action and, and putting all this effort and, and really making a difference. You know, that's uh that's really incredible. Uh, number three, you're a great storyteller. <laughs> you know that? Oh, thank you. I was like in my head because I, you know, me and you were talking and I, I didn't, I just, I live and breathe this stuff now and I help other people with advocacy stuff too. So I don't even, I don't have a script. I don't have like a bullet point. So I'm just like, let me make sure I put this in the, the right chunks so that people totally can follow. I'm glad that uh, it, it, it was a good, a good story. It, it went well. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this podcast is probably a record in the sense that I hardly talked because uh, <laughs> one, you, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, hey, glad I had a lot of good information. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was it was a wild ride. I, I'm glad I could take everybody on that ride because, like, that's the thing. It was 
that's how it goes. You know, um, this is not a, and I think I will say this now, you know, let my struggle help you guys, you know, like you don't have to make some of the mistakes that I had to make to get to where I'm at. Like now you can use what I've done. You can use my playbook and you can get ahead of this train, you know, instead of having to like try and fight it head on. So hopefully my story, my up and downs won't be you guys' up and downs. You guys can do this like way more calmly and not like, you know, yeah, not have it be some HBO movie that's going to be made later on or something. Oh my gosh, so stressful. I'm just telling you guys, it was probably the most stressful time of my business um, was that. Yeah, I can imagine. No, I mean, um, no, you told a great story, man. Like I was just, uh, yeah, I was just listening and intrigued and you told it in a very, uh, very entertaining way as well. So um, I just want to congratulate you on, on that as well. But you answered all my questions. Okay. Awesome. So sorry. So <laughs> hey, I don't know what to do. All right. I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Then. I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the back. You, now you've convinced me. I'm happy that I, I was able to do that. Um, and, and I'll say this. I mean, that was important. But, like, that was just the beginning. You know, that, that was really important to survive, but, and, and this is why I really think everybody who is serious and wants to do, wants to be in this industry in the long run, get involved or start an organization like this. There's more benefits than just making sure that an ordinance doesn't get passed. That was the best marketing for my business that I've ever done ever. Literally, I'll, I'll explain, but I'll, I'll tell you the end result. As soon as that ordinance got thrown out and everybody knew that you know airbnb is legal and we're the people that did it remember how i said i was at about eight units i literally had 15 management contracts in two months after that i signed on 15 and from nothing no extra marketing no knocking on doors no solicitations people came up to me i knew everybody in my industry I knew people that I knew everybody that was operating and I knew the people that were looking to operate because a lot of people were waiting to see if they were going to get started in, in, in short term rentals once this ordinance got pulled. So once that happened, who are they going to go to besides the person that they know, you know, is, you know, is here for the long haul fighting for, you know, their rights and then also knows policy so that. Who do I want to manage my space? The person that I know could like help me not get a ticket or get fined or get shut down, you know, on top of everything else, right? So it's not only a good idea to do this for the community side, because while I understand, I wouldn't have done it if, if I wasn't really invested in the community, because again, and I, I want to say this too, I'm not from Detroit. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I moved to Detroit about six years ago. I ended up falling in love with Detroit. Um, I moved there for work and then I stayed for the people and then I stayed for real estate. Like I, I really fell in love with the city. And like I'm saying that because I think you'll, you'll only be able to do as good of a job as if you're actually invested in your city. So if you're really just in it for the business and you don't really care about the city, you're not kind of boots on the ground. If you're like a super remote host that doesn't ever visit the city, it might not maybe it's not the right thing for you to do. But I'd say most people, even if they manage other cities, they're still invested somewhat in that community. They, they have some sort of hands-on approach. And you have to do that first. You have, to, you have to feel it, you know? You have to really be invested in the community. But it's not like a ton of work. Like, it's way stressful when you are under the gun and have to do it, but it's, it's very manageable. And that's fulfilling in and of itself. But if we're running businesses. We have to be able to survive and make a profit, correct? And we have to be able to feed ourselves. So it's not only good for that, it's fantastic for your business. It gives you, in what my mastermind group calls it, is a business constraint where it's something where you have a, it's almost like you built a moat where your competition can't you know, match you in this one area. So you automatically will have the business in this area. If you're the person that starts or really becomes the most involved in your, your local organization for advocacy, you're going to have access to your community in a way that nobody else will. So again, I didn't have to do marketing at that point. I didn't have to get referrals at that point. People just came to me. 
I had already made relationships with these people where they trusted me. You know, they, they gave money to our cause. They knew that we had done really good work. Oh, hey, I have a property management company. Uh, yeah, I, I can just say that. And they're like, oh, oh, well, yeah, why don't I just have you manage my stuff? It's simple. So it's not only a great benefit on the advocacy side, it's great for the business side. So that's like really, to me, I think that's one of the best business models that's available in your state. If you're able to start that, do that instead of marketing. Because that's what I did. I did that. I didn't have time to do marketing. I had to do that, right? But you can do both. Like doing that is marketing for your business. I think, especially with coronavirus, this is one of the biggest opportunities to really win in your business than like almost anything else. Like, yes, you can, if you're fortunate enough to be able to expand right now, like we we bought a business in Chicago. So we're in Detroit and Chicago now. We've done, you know, Really great things there. Um, we're looking into Texas now as well. Um, again, that's my hometown. But I'd say the biggest thing right now is being a part of the advocacy, like having that advocacy group in Detroit, and we're also doing that in Chicago now too. That is so huge because you'll have the instant marketing, you'll and you'll be able to get ahead of all of these issues that are going to be coming up due to COVID nineteen because they're coming. People are in Chicago, they already put out a proposed ordinance to ban one night stays for party houses. Because like, why? Because of the supposed party houses happening during COVID-19. Even if it's only a small percentage of the community, that's what makes headlines. So that's what they get calls on, the, the powers that be. People, neighbors saying that there's a party. You don't get the calls about, oh, hey, this is really helping my family out. Oh, this is a great short-term rental. Oh, I was able to quarantine here during coronavirus. This is super helpful. First responders were able to stay here instead of a hotel and get everybody sick or whatever, you know? They don't hear that. They only hear the bad stuff. So this stuff is coming. I think there's gonna be a tidal wave, policy-related issues, and if people take action now, they will be able to stop this stuff because you still have time. You definitely still have time. And then you will be able to benefit from your business as well. Like nobody else can. Nobody will be able to touch you in that area. So it's to me, it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Like it was the most stressful thing I've probably ever done because I had just had to do it, but it ended up being the best decision I ever made in my business. So yeah, it's still paying dividends to this day. That's awesome, man. Everything, I, I love everything you're saying and I think you're 100% on point uh, with everything that you've shared. You've answered all my questions. And uh, awesome. I, we have to wrap up as well. We get, we're, we're hitting almost an hour here. I know. Uh, hey, right, right, um, right. I want to thank you for your time, man. Like, I think this is incredibly important topic. You told a great story. There's a ton of nuggets of, uh, of wisdom that other people, I'm sure, can use in their uh, struggle with, uh, with their uh, cities. So, yeah, it is great. Uh, my last question to you is uh, how can people get in touch if they, if they want to ask you some questions? For sure. So... I would say, and, and and real quick, do you have a uh, do you post the information visually as well? Okay, yeah, yeah. All the show notes, the show notes will be on getpatriotpad.com. Yeah, got you. Because my information sometimes is hard to it's, it's hard to say on the screen. It's hard to say audio wise. It's, it's easily misconstrued. But it's my name, Theron Lewis at Capital. That's C A P I T. O L rental M G M T.com. That's the best way to reach me. Another way to reach me is through sharing Detroit. And that is hello at sharing Detroit.com. Got it. Sweet man. Well, thank you so much for, for your time. And uh, I, I'd love to talk more with you um, and maybe we'll have you back on. Um, because this is uh, this was an incredible story, and again, thanks for thanks for taking the time, thanks for putting in some effort. Love your mindset around all of this as well. You know, not seeing the the council members as enemies and all of that. I think it's great, man. So thank you so much, and to the listeners, thank you for listening, thank you for watching on YouTube. I uh, hope you enjoyed this as much as I did, and uh, we'll see you next week. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the SCR Legend Mastermind is for you. 
You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.